Thank you, kids. What a blessing. Looking forward to a great time this coming week as uh, Bible school will begin tonight. Well, we're glad that you're here, and I hope that you have your Bibles and that you will turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. We have in the last several, several, several weeks, we have been talking about different characters in the Bible. We just finished a uh, series of sermons about the uh, heart of individuals. I want to begin a new series of sermons today and continue to look at Bible characters. And I want us to be able to identify with many of them as I have titled my uh, sermon series, Are You Certain That You're Certain? And that is exactly what I want us to do. So many times we find ourselves wrestling with doubt. And we're going to find a clear illustration of that with a man by the name of Zacharias today. Zacharias was a priest, a godly man. And he was a man that uh, he and his dear wife had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that God would give them a son. But yet they became old and they were not able to seemingly to have children. Back in the days of uh, Zacharias, to not to have a child, it was almost as if God's disapproval was upon your life. In fact, in the Jewish race, that if, you were not, if your wife could not bear a child, that it was almost considered to be grounds for divorce. And so you can imagine the pressure that was upon his life, being a priest, of course, and that his wife was not being able to have a child. And then the Bible reminds us, as we're going to see here today, of how as he became old and his wife became older, that an angel said, you're going to have a child. And wouldn't you believe it? He doubted God. I mean, how in the world can my wife and I have a child when we're past the age of childbearing? I find that we all have a little bit of Zacharias in us at times, do we not? Well, take your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. And uh, we're going to turn to chapter 1 and begin reading in verse 5. And we're going to study about Zacharias today. And uh, I titled my message, A Certain Priest Who Doubted God. With your Bibles open, would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's Word? Listen to what the Bible says, starting in verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, 
walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, According to the customs of the priesthood, his lot failed to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him. He was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel. How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him. I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service was completed that he departed to his own house. Well, we'll stop there. But I do encourage you to leave your Bibles open because we're going to look at this passage of Scripture here today. Join with me as we pray. Father, what a joy and a delight to be able to open up your precious Word and to be able to find of how you have worked in unusual ways in the lives of people down through the years. 
the same way that you want to work in our heart and our lives today. We make ourselves available that you might speak to us and use us in a manner that would be pleasing to you. May the Spirit of God be upon the preaching of your word. And not only the preaching, but the hearing. And that we might receive it with gladness and with joy and with a desire to do thy will. Father, we love you. Bless us today as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As I look at this passage of Scripture, there are several things that I want to bring to your attention for a few moments this morning. In fact, there's two major ideas that I want us to look at as we look at this passage of Scripture. First of all, when you think about Zacharias, you begin to think about his reputation of a walk that he had with God. Here was a man that walked with God. Here was a man that who loved the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all of his mind. And here was a man that had a desire to serve him, as we recognize that he was a man that was a priest. He was a godly man. He was an extraordinary man. He was a man that God used in a marvelous, marvelous way. Aren't you glad to be a Christian? Think about that. Christ-like. That we can be like the Lord Jesus Christ. That He lives in us and He dwells within us so that His character may be distributed not only to us, but through us. I heard, I heard about this guy one time, very pious, very haughty, that he was a Christian. And he wanted everybody to know of his spirituality. And one particular day, he went down into the children's department and uh, kind of boasting about that he was such a great Christian. And... Uh, he asked the little children, he said, why do you think people call me a Christian? And it was kind of quiet there for a few moments. And then all of a sudden, the little fellow in the back said, I guess because they don't know you. <laughs> well, I want you to understand, when people get to know a man like Zacharias, you begin to think of some great characteristics. Here is a man that you'll notice that his conditions in which he walked with God. The conditions that he walked with God. Now look what the Bible says in verse 5. These were not easy days to walk with God. These were difficult days because the Bible says there in verse 5, there was in the days of Herod. Now underline that, the days of Herod. That immediately begins to give you a description of what kind of circumstances that 
Zacharias was living under. Here was a day that was known as one of the darkest, darkest days in the life of Israel and Judea. Here was a day. In fact, it was a national distressful day. Here was a day that the infamous reign of Herod, he was known of his killing of innocent people. He was known of his vile, sinful nature. He was known of how terrible the days that was of the days of Herod. Marked by bloodshed. Marked by sin. So the circumstances of that day, it was in that his own family hated Herod. The people despised him. And it was almost like a relief when Herod died. It was a very bad, bad, difficult day. But it was also a spiritual declineful day. It was a time that, that God had not spoken for 400 years. Can you imagine? For four centuries, God had not spoken through His prophets. God had not spoken to His people. And there was a spiritual decline among the people of that day and of that hour. My friend, can you imagine trying to live a spiritual life under those types of circumstances? In spite of the circumstances of the hour and of the day, here Zacharias was a man that walked with God, the Bible says. He was a man that was dedicated, consecrated, to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. This was a very little roundabout Zacharias that was conducive in his walk with God. In spite of the conditions, we find that Zacharias was a faithful, faithful individual. I hear people say today, uh, I wish God would move me from the place where I'm working today. There's no Christians there. And uh, the, the circumstances of that environment is horrible. My friend, have you ever thought about that God placed you there to be the light of the world for those people at that moment? And friend, I want you to understand that our walk with the Lord should not be based upon the circumstances of the world. It should be based upon our love and our commitment and our desire to walk with the Lord Himself. And so, here, a Christian ought to be a Christian at any time, any place, at anywhere. And so we begin to notice here, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the school, whether it's in the community, we should recognize that God has placed us there for the purpose to be a reflection 
of the God that we serve today. But John, I want you to see something else. Not only the conditions that he walked with God, but the calling that he walked with God. The calling for which he walked with God. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, a certain priest. Now, immediately, when you hear that term, priest, you began to get into your mind sort of the character of Zacharias. He was a priest. The life that he lived was only normal and natural of what a priest should live. He lived a consecrated life and he walked in accordance to his profession and in accordance to his calling. I remember reading about the story of Alexander the Great. And they had brought this guy that had brought up before Alexander the Great for treason. He was tried and proven guilty. Alexander the Great looked at him and he says, What is your name? And the man says, Alexander. A few moments later, Alexander the Great looked at him again. And with a louder tone and a little bit more forceful voice, he said, what is your name? He said, Alexander. A few moments later, the third time, Alexander, with great force, and with almost a bit of anger, he said, what is your name? He said, Alexander. He said, either change your name or change your conduct. He said, for no man should carry the name Alexander and do the things that you have done. And my friend, I say the same thing as we think about our walk with the Lord. Either change your name as a Christian or change your lifestyle if it's not according to the Word of God. Friend, I want you to understand. No doubt, those that have bared the name of Christian have probably done more harm to the calls of Christ than they have done good. So many Christians today, they announce that name on Sunday and they denounce that name on Monday. My friend, we should announce our faith on Sunday and we should certainly once again announce that faith on Monday. As well. Many people today, I'm afraid, are going to hell simply because of so many Christians today living a life of carnality. In fact, I would be as far to say more people are going to hell today because of the influence and the way that many Christians today 
have lived a life of carnality in front of them than all the bar rooms and all of the pornography and all of the drugs that would send someone to hell. My friend, I'm reminded of a story, of a story by the name of Gandhi. And immediately you recognize who he is. Gandhi, that leader of India, He studied Christianity. And you know what he said? He said this. He said, I would be a Christian if it were not for Christians. What a tragedy. I would be a Christian if it were not for Christians. Heard about uh, these three guys that were out one day and It was a uh, Hindu priest, a Jewish rabbi, and a TV evangelist. Can you imagine those three being together? And um, they got caught in a thunderstorm, and they had nowhere to go. And uh, they went up, finally found this farmhouse, and they knocked on the door, and the farmer came to the door, and he said... uh, Can I help you? He said, it's thundering and lightning out here. We have nowhere to go. And it's it's dark. And we have no place to sleep. He said, well, come into my house. I welcome you into my home. He said, I have one problem. He said, I only have one bedroom. And it only sleeps two. He says, two of you can sleep here. And one of you can sleep in the barn. And... uh, Hindu priest says, well, I don't mind sleeping in the barn. And so they went to bed, and what about just a few moments, the Hindu priest comes, and he knocks on the door. And as he knocks on the door, he said, uh, he said, uh, I recognize that uh, they are cows in there. And he said, uh, he said, uh, in my religion, they're sacred. And I should not invade their space. The Jewish priest said, well, I don't mind sleeping out there. And so he went on out to the uh, uh, the barn. And it wasn't just a little bit later that uh, uh, he knocked on the door. He said, uh, there's pigs out here. And he says, in our religion, he says, pigs are unclean. And he said, I cannot stay out here. Well, the TV evangelist says, well, listen, I don't mind. He said, I'll go out there to the barn. He goes out there to the barn. And then one of them, just a few minutes later, they heard a knock on the door. They opened the door, and there was the pig and the cow. (laughs) Oh, my. So, when I think about Zacharias, he was a priest. And he was a man that had the calling for which he walked with God. But then you'll notice the commandments by which he walked with God. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. 
Zacharias and his wife. They were not sinless, but they were blameless. And oh, as you began to observe their life, their life was accordance to the commandments of God, accordance to the word of God. What commanded God, and what, what God's commandment was, they did according to that commandment. His word is more than a museum piece to you and I today. My friend, it is a compass in which it directs us in the path of righteousness. The word of God is, keeps us from being tarnished by the world. The Word of God is a guide to a saintly life. The Word of God guards you from a sinful life. And so here was Zacharias. And Zacharias was a man that the commandments of God led him and directed him. So, as you think about Zacharias, the reputation that he had, his calling, his commandments, and his continual walk with the Lord. But let's go a little bit deeper into the scriptures for a few moments. Not only the reputation of the walk with God that he had, but his reaction to the word of God. Now, the Bible tells us an angel paid a visit to Zacharias. And the Bible says that in that special visit, he said, your prayer has been heard. Look what the Bible says in verse 13. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, let me kind of give you a little bit of background here. From the time of David, the priestly family, the family of Aaron, that the priests would come and there they would serve and they would do priestly duties there in the temple. The group was divided up into four, uh, into 24 different groups. The responsibilities of those priests were numerous. One, of course, they were responsible for removing the ashes of the sacrifices. They were responsible of observing the sacrifices and to make sure that those sacrifices were without blemish. They were responsible also to offer up sacrifices on the behalf of the people. Among the many duties that they had, but they were all outside the temple. But the Bible tells us here that on this particular day that a lot has fallen upon Zacharias and that he was to go into the temple and to burn incense on the behalf of the people. 
Now, I want you to understand, this was a big deal. This was a big deal. Uh, Josephus said, the historian says, there were probably about 20,000 priests. And to be appointed to go into the Holy of Holies and to burn incense probably was one chance out of a lifetime. And Zacharias had been called to go and do that very thing. I can almost imagine that day. Zacharias having that religious robe upon him without spot or thing upon it. I can almost see him with his hood. And as he's walking there into the Holy of Holies, he sees the showbread. He sees the altar of sacrifice. He sees and recognizes the candles of incense. And there as he is burning that incense, you begin to recognize that he is fulfilling something that he never imagined that he was able to be able to fulfill. I can almost imagine his heart was pounding with excitement. His heart was pounding with thinking how blessed he was for the special day he had been appointed to go into the Holy of Holies and to offer up those incense. I want you to notice something. First of all, his petition that was requested. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. As I said earlier, for a woman not to be able to bear children, it was almost a sign of God's displeasure upon that particular life. No doubt. Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed diligently for a child. Have you ever tried to pray and it almost seems like that the roof is of brass? Have you ever tried to pray and it seems as if God is a million miles away? Have you ever tried to pray and it seems like that the words are so futile? I think we all have probably been there. Some of the hardest things you can ever do, my friends, is to pray. But especially, if it comes to a point of a place of desperation and you pray and you pray and you pray and it seems as if God has not heard your prayers. Doubt sets in. Discouragement sets in. Despondency sets in. Until the next thing, if you're not careful... You find yourself quit praying altogether. And that's exactly what Satan wants. 
Well, can you imagine Zacharias and, and his dear wife, Elizabeth? They had prayed, and they 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 prayed that God would give them a child. And God seemed to have a deaf ear to their prayers. Oh, my friend, one of the greatest, greatest, greatest privileges we have today is to be able to come before the throne of God. Paul says that we can come boldly before the throne. Heard about this deacon one time. Came to his pastor and there was a problem within the church and he was sharing with the pastor what the problem was and it seemed to be a problem that was beyond control and so the pastor says, well, he said, I guess the best thing for us to do is get down on our knees and pray about this matter. And the deacon said, do you really think it's that bad? My friend, I want you to understand, everything should be brought before the throne of God. But some people think only the major things. But you'll notice that the petition that was brought before, that was requested, but the promise that he now receives, it says in verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Can you imagine what Zacharias must have thought when he heard that? Your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. They had asked for a child and now God is answering their prayer. My friend, I want you to remind, I remind you, God will always answer your prayers in one of several ways. Sometimes it may be a delay. Sometimes God might say yes. And then sometimes God might say no. And when he says no, my friend, that does not mean that he is not, he has not answered your prayers but it means that he's got something better for you. If we only could see as God sees, my friend, we would recognize that the greatest thing is is that when God answers our prayers, yes or no, that it is his will, according to his will. And that will be bringing glory to him and blessings to you. But sometimes he may answer it in a different way. I remember when I was a a little boy, about seven years of age, seven or eight, I guess. 
I used to go hunting with my dad. And oh, I wanted a 22 rifle, 22 caliber rifle to go hunting with my dad. We would go rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting back in those days. And I remember getting on my knees praying, Lord, I want a rifle for my, 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 for Christmas this year. Well, of course, at the age of seven or eight, I wasn't old enough to have a rifle. And I didn't get one. But when I got to be about 13 or 14, guess what I got for Christmas one morning? I got that 22 rifle. See, sometimes God knows that we're not capable of handling that answered prayer the way that we think that we should and the way that we think that we are. And sometimes He delays answering those prayers. But then last of all, I want you to notice not only the promise that He now receives, but also the possibility he then raises. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Well, I don't know exactly how old he was, but undoubtedly he was old enough to recognize that they were beyond childbearing years. And Zacharias, a devoutful man, had all of a sudden became a doubtful man. He began to doubt God. He wondered his prayers really could be answered. He wondered, God, can you really give us a child? I mean, after all, look at us. Maybe their prayers could have been answered if they had been a lot younger. Maybe their prayers could have been answered if they had been of the age of childbearing. But the Bible says that Zacharias doubted God. You know, one thing I realize here, God specializes in doing the supernatural. And so many times, God allows sets of circumstances to take place so that He can do the supernatural. And I believe that's exactly what happened here in the life of Zacharias and Elizabeth here. I mean, after all, Zacharias, you're a priest. You should know the law. You should know the word of God. What about Abraham and Sarah? Did it not happen to them? And if it happened to them, could it not happen to you? But Zacharias doubted God despite the word of God. He did not believe God. Don't you feel like there's a little bit of Zacharias in all of us sometimes? 
Sometimes we find ourselves asking for things and then we kind of doubt whether he's really going to do it or not. There's a little bit of that, Zacharias. The Bible tells us in chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, It says, and an angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled In their own time. The Bible tells us that. Zacharias there. In that. Temple. In the Holy of Holies. That all of a sudden. Because of his lack of faith. And because of his doubt. He became. Deaf. And became mute. He could not hear. And he could not speak. I find that a lot of times when I'm not as faithful to the Lord as I should be and I'm not exercising my faith that I find myself becoming a deaf ear to what God's will is for my life a lot of times. That's why it's so important that I exercise faith and I exercise my walk with the Lord that I might be sensitive to his calling and to his word. But the Bible says he was not able to speak. In fact, he lingered there in the temple and people marveled why he was so late in coming out. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 21, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. The Bible reminds us that the priest offered incense within the people, prayed without. They waited for the priest to give them a word. Zacharias was able, unable to share with them the word of God. Unbelief not only hinders our hearing, but it also hinders our speaking. Chapter 1, verse 62 and following, listen to this. So they made signs to his father. What would he have him called? And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose and he spoke. Praising the God. Praising God. (laughs) For a period of several months, he could not speak and he could not hear. But then when the miracle took place, he was able to speak. Why should we wonder? Why should we doubt God the way that we doubt him sometimes? Why should we find ourselves exercising that thing that we're just not quite certain God heard my prayers. 
I don't know what you're praying for today. You could be praying for a lost husband. Or you could be praying for a lost wife, a child. Or you could be praying for there is a sickness. And it just seems like God's not hearing your prayers. And all of a sudden you begin to doubt. Doubt whether God's going to really answer your prayer. Well, my friend, I want to hear you here today to say God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. When you pray in His will, He does hear and He does answer and He does bring forth the miraculous. And that's exactly what he wants to do in your life today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what what you're experiencing today. But I can assure you, my friend, God loves you. And his plan is that he does the supernatural in your life. Especially. You could be here and you're lost today. The greatest prayer you could ever pray is a prayer something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe you died upon a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe that you were buried in a grave. Lord Jesus, I believe that you rose from that grave with the keys of victory. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to save me as I repent for my sins and turn to you in faith. And guess what? The miraculous takes place. God reaches down and He picks you up out of the miry clays of sin. Miry clays of sin. And there He puts you on a solid rock. And He saves you. That's where the miraculous takes place. And that's the beginning. I wonder if there's someone here today that have never prayed that prayer. I want to encourage you to do that. I wonder if there's someone here today that's doubting God. Do I really believe He's hearing and answering my prayer? Oh, my friend. He does and He will. Father, in Jesus' name, thank You so much. Thank You so much for reminding us that circumstances, time, or situations do not hinder what You can be able to do. And Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will stir our hearts to the point of reminding us today of the importance of knowing that You hear and answer. Help us to never give up. Help us to never quit. Help us to never stop. 
believing and trusting in you. Oh, may the Holy Spirit of God move among us and work in our lives according to your precious will. In Jesus' name.